Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, December 19th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Noel. And Stephanie Cook. Sup. So, uh, so yes, it is December 19th, and that means we are going to be starting our end-of-the-year awards debate. Um, just so you guys know how it's going to go, uh, today we're going to be doing... You know, partly a normal show. We're going to do a book of the week. Uh, I'm going to read the releases um, before the break. And then once we come back from the break, we're going to start debating. Um, the show will be broken up into three parts. Uh, oh. Going to be out uh, December 19th, uh, the 26th, and the 2nd of January. And then we will come back on the 9th um, and do all the winners, um, which will include... We're going to put a poll on the site for everybody to vote, and it'll include your winners as well. Um, uh, the reason we're doing it is because... Um, the, the two record dates we'd have going forward would be Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and those aren't days that we're going to want to record a podcast. Nope. So, <laughs> so, we are going to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so we figured we'd do this. It'd be a good way you know, for us to send off the new year, send off the welcome in the new year and send off uh, this year. Um, and it's good because we'll debate tonight uh, and break it up for you guys, and then over the next couple weeks, if there's any books on our nominations list that someone on the show hasn't read or isn't up on we have a, we have three weeks to catch up on those things and then we can give mm-hmm. you the most informed winners we possibly can however how informed a winner we can are, be yeah. in a in a in a end of the year poll but um so we're, we're excited about that um and we're going to break into that soon but first let's do some normal stuff let's talk about book of the week mm-hmm. i'm gonna start out because um <laughs> i can't stop laughing <laughs> no you can't <laughs> It's the it's the uh, fireball whiskey that you're that you're imbibing. The official yes. whiskey. Yes. The, the delicious fireball whiskey. <laughs> um, so we are going we are going to be talking about book of the week and uh, this during this week Stephanie has been catching up on a lot of books that she has she had missed and she told me she had read most of the Marvel Now stuff um, and that she had read uh, Avengers Arena and thought it was quote poop, right Stephanie? Like poop. Okay, it so was like the uh, definition of poop. <laughs> and I told her at the time I said, "Oh, that's I disagree. We'll have a fun conversation about it on this show." So the show is here, and we're going to have uh, that conversation um, right now. Right, <laughs> right now. Spoilers. Uh, right, spoilers. Uh, so I actually really liked it. Now it's uh, Dennis Hopeless, um, and it's uh, Kev Walker is is on the art, and the premise is. Um, simple and on its surface, you know, a pretty, uh, a pretty populist, uh, you know, cooking the Hunger Games popularity uh, way to go about it. It's um, arcade, a villain in the arcade brings a bunch of young superheroes to an island and basically says, "You're not getting off of here um, 
unless you kill everyone else on the island. Basically, it's last man standing type of situation. Um, and the expectation for that book, I was interested in reading it just because it seemed like a little bit of an audacious concept. I didn't know if it was going to be good. I, I didn't know if it was going to be too dark, too violent, too what, whatever. Um, or just kind of seemed like a... Uh, like a cash-in in, in a lot of ways. Less you know? homage than rip-off. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and I got to say, I was pretty surprised. I mean, there is some grizzliness and there is a death in the first issue. I'm not going to spoil who it is. Um, it's not a character I know, but that's because I have not, I did not read any of like, I've not, I didn't read Avengers Academy. I didn't read The Runaways. I didn't read any of the books that these characters um, were in uh, beforehand. Uh, so... It, you know, I don't think anyone did. I think that's why they're able to put them in a series and kill them off. It's, you might be right about that. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the first issue focuses a lot on a, uh, a hero named Hazmat, um, who basically has you know the you know the nuclear power mm-hmm. type of situation. Um, and it's a character I didn't know anything about. I've never read a word of her before. And the the reason I liked the book was because by the end of the issue, I cared about her and what was happening to her. Uh, and I'll be interested to see what happens. I, there is a death in this first issue. I, I, I think that you won't see another death for a little while. That, that's my, that's my feeling about it. I don't think this is going to be like a death a week book because it's not a limited series. It's an ongoing. And if it does well, there's only, only so many issues that they could possibly go through. Yeah. How, how are you going to make this an ongoing 12 issues? Maybe tops. I don't, because I don't think. Uh, from what I'm seeing from the first issue, and this is only if they carried out, he seems to be making it very much about the characters. And, you know, he, t- he talked in interviews about, you know, stakes aren't always life or death. You know, th- th- like, th- obviously death is the, the end goal here, but, you know, if, we, if I can raise the personal stakes for everyone, then it, it won't matter if somebody dies every issue. Uh, and so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it's not my favorite first issue of the year, but I found myself really engaged w- with the characters. And if it can keep doing that, then I'm going to be in, uh, for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Stephanie has some negative things to say. Um, so Stephanie, why don't you go next? Mm-hmm. And then, cause we have some other yeah. positive to say, we'll make it a, a, a poop sandwich as it will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so you summed it up pretty well, how I thought of it, but it was more like, I don't know. To me, the book felt like, Oh, well, what's really popular this year? Like, we need to put something out there that'll get those youngins in. Oh, the Hunger Games. But for all those people who, you know, hate the Hunger Games and are mad because it, like, ripped off Battle Royale, we're going to do this cover where it's like an homage to Battle Royale, and then people will want to read it for that reason, too. And then you get into it, and it's just like, "Mm, I don't care about any of these characters. I don't know who they are, except for, like, Nico and Chase from Runaways. And I, I I don't know. It didn't make me care about them. Like, I had the opposite reaction to you, Bobby, where mm-hmm. you cared about Hazmat at the end of it. I didn't. Okay. I was just like, yeah, that sucks. Sucks <laughs> to be you. Well, <laughs> never going to read this again. It's not It's not badly written. It's like Dennis, Dennis Hopeless, right? Yeah, Dennis Hopeless. Um, it's not badly written, and it's not badly drawn. In fact, it's beautiful, but... Um, it just isn't really a good idea to me. It was like, to me, it was kind of like Avengers versus X-Men, um, and like the fight issues that they had. Mm -hmm. And I didn't pick up any of those because they were 
ridiculous. And I feel like now they've made an entire series out of it. Okay, so the core concept just doesn't click with you. Even after the first issue, the, the concept of it still turns you off to the book completely. Yeah, like I like, but the thing is, I like the Hunger Games and mm-hmm. uh, Battle Royale and stuff like that, but I don't, this just didn't click with me. It felt too much like, um, it felt too much like parody. Okay. Like, and not like a fun parody, because parody can be fun. And I mean, I like parody stuff, but I did not like this. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to Bob next and see if we'll close up with you. Bob, okay. going into this, you were not excited about it at all. You, in fact, you were prepared, very anti. Prepared to hate. Yeah, prepared to hate yeah. the book. Um, obviously, you read it. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? Uh, much better than I thought it was going to be. I go back further. So obviously, Battle Royale, Hunger Games is most dangerous game, Lord of the Flies, mm-hmm. Running Man, Logan's Run, all those things anyway. Yeah. So they're all knockoffs of that anyhow. I don't know these characters at all, and I really cared. When there's a choice somebody makes, without you know, getting too spoilery here, mm-hmm. I really felt that. Yeah. Uh, Kev Walker, I, I'd seen with Thunderbolts, really love his art. It is really well done here. I did care about the characters. I'm a little concerned that Arcade's a little further out than I'm used to seeing. Mm-hmm. But he was doing the, the Marvel version of Hunger Games in the 70s, okay. early 80s in the X-Men. So this is sort of what he does, but Mm -hmm. there's an edge to it this time. But we may have to see an issue or two out. Didn't get added to my pull list, but I will read another one and maybe go back. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Steve, now what about you? You reviewed it for the site. Yeah. And what did you think? I really, really dug it. Yeah, okay. I did. Um, I mean, I don't really... I I was listening to some of what Stephanie was saying, and I don't... I I like the like the stuff that that you don't like stuff like the the homage to battle royale and things like that. I I don't see it as an insult to the I don't know. It seems I didn't just see like, it as an insult. That wasn't really what I I meant as far as I I just felt like well not an insult. Uh, but it was it, more of a capitalize like they were just trying to capitalize on something that was popular as opposed to coming up with a good idea that could make a good series. Yeah, but a, a a solid premise is a solid premise, and this is something that some people might want to see. Like they're they're trying to introduce different ideas into the Marvel Now lineup, and it just I don't know, popular or not, it just seemed like a cool scenario to stick mm-hmm. some characters and characters that you didn't. Maybe if you weren't reading Avengers Academy, you don't know them. I have, so when I saw them wake up in this situation, it was you know, it was it was there was really something going on. Um, I am a little concerned about the arcade uh, villain as well. Uh, like kind of like what Bob was saying, he's a little um, not not necessarily over the top, but just like almost too sinister. <laughs> like he's like on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, ah! maybe he is. Yeah. He might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like the I kind of like the over the top villain. You'd think you would have to have one for a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, whether they they kill characters off left and right, and this does well or doesn't do well, I just I think the concept is is fun enough. And I actually I really do like the characters. I like uh, Hazmat from the other from Avengers Academy. Uh, Metal's really cool, but even in this issue, without having read the Avengers Academy, I got like reacquainted with them all over again, and. Just Hazmat's uh, narrative and and the way she was talking about going through everything with her like leaking radiation all over the place mm-hmm. through the pages and stuff, and there was one moment with Hazmat and Metal uh, together lying in bed that normally something like this could the scene could come off as very juvenile or very Hollywood or something because mm-hmm. if that's what they're trying to do with the whole scenario and the whole setup, 
it felt really tender to me mm-hmm. and it, it actually it you know showed you a, a, a piece of their relationship and why it was quite devastating at least for her at the end of the book and the fact that i was connected with that within a single issue I thought it was worth reading it. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, I do agree with you about that. I, I think there is more emotion in the book than I expected. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I'll agree with Stephanie about is I do I did feel like going into it that perhaps because of the cover and because of what's come next that it was an attempt to be a cash-in on something that was popular at the moment. Whether or not it's... It, it's not like it was a Hunger Games original idea yeah, or Battle yeah. Royale's original idea, but... They were trying to capitalize on it. Yeah, it's the moment I mean, for at it. At least they didn't try to hide it. I like no, that they didn't they try to hide it. Came out and like the cover was clearly like battle royale. They like, make even, mention within the story. Yeah, yeah, they make yeah. mention of it in the book yeah. too. And, but I, mean, I don't. Sorry, Stephanie. I, no, go I ahead. don't. I don't know. It just wasn't something that I would want to stick around with. I mm-hmm. felt like the moments that you guys felt were tender and emotional. I felt like they were just rushed and put there to kind of give the story a plot to justify. Uh, an entire series about arena killing. Gotcha. gotcha. So that was more how I that came across to me. They didn't seem tender. Like it just the the moments didn't seem genuine to me. But yeah. Okay. I don't know. No, I mean that's that's it's fine. It's it's yeah. your it's your opinion. I mean it's uh, the uh, I will say this. That I think the concept going into it, I had a little bit of an issue with. But to me, as always, it's all about the execution. And for me, the execution worked very well i think that it's cool that that we we have differing opinions like we each said something different about the book that at least it's one of those books that's kind of you have to read it and make your own opinion and go out there and check it out absolutely yeah i definitely want to see the second issue go ahead steph i'm sorry i can appreciate again that uh, dennis hopeless what it could have been a lot worse with a different writer um and i think he did the best with a really bizarre series to kind of work with Mm -hmm. um but I don't think it's something I might read the second issue just out of curiosity to give it another chance. Cause sometimes the first issue isn't always the best gauge of what a series will be. But uh, as of now, it's not something that I'm interested in in the long run. But um, aside from that, who was the artist on it? Um, Kev Walker. Cause I really enjoyed the art. Mm-hmm. So I, I will give it props for that. Yeah. There's that one panel of hazmat where she's kind of like in a stasis or whatever. And all mm-hmm. the, the computerized digital stuff's going across yeah. her face. I want to like get a cell of that and put it up on my wall. Yeah. The, the art was, that was beautiful. Um, so Stephanie, you're not interested in reading Avengers Academy going forward, but what was something you did like this week? Um, so I really, really, really dug, I, I caught up on a saga. Okay. So, um, I, re- read, blah, blah, blah. I read issues seven and eight and holy shit. Like I loved the first arc of the series, but the second arc just picks up right where everything left off and just gets so much better. Um, I don't even know how it's possible, but I think Fiona Staples, her art is even better. The writing is even better. And the story is just like crazy, crazy good. Crazy good. <laughs> well, the in-laws um, have shown up, right? Yes. Okay. So um, Marco's parents have shown up and uh, they don't know about Alana and um, it leads to this what the fuck <laughs> like situation with like his in-laws and they're like, what is going on? Like just, ah, and you know, it obviously leads to shenanigans um, <laughs> and uh, stuff Drink. happens and they wind up having to kind of, uh, Marco and his mother wind up having to go on this uh, mission to find Isabel, something's happened to Isabel. Actually, did that happen in the last... That happened in issue six, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so never mind. You guys probably know about that already. <laughs> but if you haven't read it yet, but I don't know. I'm rambling. It's so good. Just, just if you haven't picked up seven and eight yet, do it. Well, thank you for no spoilers there, because I'm waiting for the trade I did the first time. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at $10 a trade, which Image is doing such a great job yeah. with. Yeah. It is a good series. And I coming like out this. probably the day that the yeah, the last issue, issue comes 12, out. Yeah. So yeah, that's they're but great it, it about also, that. It's, it reads a lot better as a complete story arc, I think. Mm. Especially like the... I mean, I enjoy 7 and 8. I enjoyed 7 and 8. But I mean, I reread the first volume and to me it just worked a lot better all in one sitting than issue by issue. Mm-hmm. Even though I loved the individual issues. Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. Um... Nice. Oh, actually, before we move on, I just want to get something out of the way real quick. Um, Dennis Hopeless had another book come out this week, uh, Cable and X-Force. Um, it was a big week from I reviewed it for the site. I really, I liked it. Um, it. It didn't blow me away, but it definitely had me interested to read more. And Cable is a character who I've never really liked. Um, I like he. I liked the design of him better here. He's s- slimmed down. He he looks more l- less nineties, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to me. Cable and X Force, right? Is that what you yeah, Cable and X Force. Yeah, love it. Um, and love I'm interested in what's happening. And uh, it starts off with this flash forward to Cable and the X Force. Um, you know, they're in this lab. All these people are dead, and the Uncanny Avengers show up, and Havoc, who is, I guess, his uncle uh, yeah <laughs> is like what the hell is going on you know and, they, and there's a great exchange between him and cap between havoc and cap and between havoc and, and cable after that you mean i mean my biggest problem with the book is that it doesn't really give you a mission statement for why they're putting this team together or if there is even a team they just kind of kind of be floating together and i know a lot of these characters were together in i guess the first edition of the X-Force because Cable basically started that, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that team. But it's not very well explained in, in this first issue. That's not saying it's not going to be explained going forward, but there was a little bit of time where I was spending time thinking about who these characters were and how they related to each other more than just being into the story. Oh. Can I just, as <laughs> yeah. a completely random sidebar about this book? Yes. Did you not think that, like, Cable... If it, if this book ever became a movie, Ron Perlman, like he looked exactly <laughs> like Ron Perlman to me. Yeah, Ron Perlman would be a good a good Cable, absolutely. Just completely randomly, I really enjoyed this book, but all I could think about every time Cable was on the page was, holy shit, it's Ron Perlman. <laughs> um, I really liked uh, Hope's in it a, a bunch, and I, I really like her as a character at this point. So that, that's good. It, it really kind of um, centers Cable and makes him more human. And I liked all that stuff, you know. Um, I'm a little bit discouraged that issue two is coming out today. Yeah. It's a week. <laughs> I mean, give me a little time, you know, to to decide whether I want to buy it. Now I have to pop down another four bucks or whatever it is, you know, to, to, to buy it. And I, I just read it. So that's bothersome to me. But it was a big week for Mr. Dennis Hopeless uh, with two books. So And both I, I enjoyed. So um, good on him. All right. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Um <laughs> Bully for you. Bully for you, <laughs> Dennis. Uh, Steve. Yeah. Why don't you take us off this Marvel train and get us onto a little more indie track here? Yeah, let's let's uh, let's give some love for Image. <laughs> um, I got to check out. I've been waiting for this to come out. Um, anybody that's read the one shot that came out earlier in this year uh, called Wild Children that uh, I talked about on the podcast um, ad nauseum for a while. Um, 
he, uh, Alescott has come out with another book uh, called Change Number One, and I'm going to try to describe this to you as best as I can. It's really hard. Um, I had to read this four times before I was able to review it because he just, his writing, he has a way of presenting a story that to me, even though I like it, I find to, at first glance to be extraordinarily confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much like an end of the world scenario. Um, there's an astronaut coming back from, uh, he had, we'd landed on a planet and they'd been there for a while. He's coming back to earth there's a rapper slash producer and a screenplay writer that the three of these people are going to prevent the end of the world. And there's this like weird cult that's observing. Like they're not doing anything. They're just watching. And there's like, uh, like a, um, what you would call it? like a scripture, like according to all the things that are, that are planned. It's so bizarre. The the screenplay writer has like uh, facial recognition makeup that allows her to not be seen on cameras. You have no idea why that's going on. <laughs> There's all this crazy, crazy shit going on. The art is um, very crude and very like very raw and very like liney and the, the colors are very brown and red and there's this weird narrator with a typewriter. It's so bizarre, but it's really, really intriguing. And it's one of those like different vibe kind of books. Like this is the kind of book that you sit down and you read it and you think about it for a while after you put it down. Maybe you read it again or you read it again. Or you show it to a friend and be like, can you do me a favor? Like, can you read this mm-hmm. and just let me know what you think? Like, what do you get out of this? Um, after I wrote my review, I actually went online to look at other reviews to see if maybe they could summarize the book better. And nobody really could. <laughs> That's awesome. So, no, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is actually quite cool. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I do recommend it if you want something, uh, different. There's a lot of, um, weird little tricks with the art as well. I'm not going to describe them to you on air cause you can't see them and that would just be dumb, but there are lots of questionable little things that you're wondering if it's actually part of the story is it actually happening in the world? Like, there's a lot of mystery in this book. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on the next couple issues. It's only four. So it's going to be, you know, four quick little things. And hopefully we'll have a really, really kind of bizarre acid trip of an end of the world scenario. And uh, I don't know if you can get your hands on. It's called Change Number One uh, by Les Cotton. It's really, really cool. It reminded me of a Richard Kelly movie. Did you read it? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me, it was like Southland Tales. Yeah. You know, like, and I mean, that movie is kind of a disaster. The book is good, but it had that same, um, I was just really confused, you know, yeah. reading through it. And I kind of had to reread pages and take it in. And there's, it's like the dual roles of the different people that make it especially confusing you know, because you're like, okay, this person does this, but they also do that, and what are they doing now? And they're doing this, and they show the astronaut young, and now he's old, and then you're, you know, mm-hmm. and then there's this narration going through that doesn't quite match up with what's happening visually, and then it, you know, it's there's a lot of disparate things it jumps, happening. It jumps around from perspective to perspective yeah. a lot, yeah, a lot to the point where it really is very confusing. Like I said, I had to read it probably about four times before I was comfortable that I had somewhat of a grasp on it. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the times when you sit down and you read, I know what I do, is that like I'm oftentimes so excited to read a book that I read it kind of fast. Mm-hmm. 
And with this kind of book, I had to like, you know, stop myself and like mark almost in my in my brain where scenes had ended, where narration had ended. Be like, okay, now we're now we're the guy in the ship. Mm-hmm. Now we're the unknown, you know, typewriter dude. So it's all over mm-hmm. the place, but it's an intriguing read. I like stuff that I kind I I don't like it when I can't get a handle on something at all. Mm-hmm. But when there's enough of a temptation to read the rest then I'm, I'm down for it. Yeah. So. It's nice, you know, we read a lot of books and, you know, it, however good or bad, you know, a comic is, generally they have the same sort of story structure and the same way of going. They're, they're traditionally told stories. And so sometimes it's nice to just have something a little bit different, even if it's not my favorite thing to read. Sometimes yeah. it's nice to have that change up. It was like a brain teaser. Yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. For like, for comic books. Yeah. It's like watching a weird. It's like watching an indie, a weird indie movie. Is what it's like, you know, when you're yeah. used to watching, you know, like the Avengers and all these other movies. Yeah. Watching right. a movie like that, yeah. it kind It'll of see Memento. Yeah, 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 mm. exactly. Is that, mm, what's that? Oh yeah, no, I was agreeing. Okay. Oh. He likes like that psychedelic kind of stuff, though. <laughs> I didn't get a harumph out of that. Children car. is like case in point right there. Harumph. Oh, Wild Children, yes. Wild Children is bizarre. I like it. Too. I'm sure it will come up later on. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm not really <laughs> positive it will. <laughs> um, I'm so predictable. Really? Uh, mm. We'll see how Anyways. predictable you all kind of are, I you guess. Got, you guys sound like like villains, like movie villains. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I expect you to die. <laughs> if right. I had a mustache, I would be twirling it right now. Yes. But it's probably good that I don't. Probably good, yes. Yeah, I would think. You know, considering, you know, it's just society, Stephanie. They won't, they won't accept a girl with a handlebar mustache. Do you have a handlebar keychain mustache, and when you press it, it goes, "Why, hello there." <laughs> so just put that on your. You know. Well, I have a photo of it. Okay, nice. We need to hear that over. We need to hear it over the air, though. Yeah, we do. Oh well, I'll totally go find it at some point. Okay. Okay. It's during the break. Great. During the it's break. Yeah. Pretty, pretty great. You have a job now during the break. Yeah. All right, Bob, why don't okay. you close off our Quickly, book of the week here? Sure. Uh, coming off the debacle that was Thunderbolts 1 that we all loved so yes. much last week. Um, right, The real Thunderbolts came out this week. It's Dark Avengers 184, uh, Jeff Parker and Neil Edwards. And at the conclusion of the last issue, the Thunderbolts, who had been lost in time, go their separate ways. And the Dark Avengers, Ragnarok and the rest, are headed back to prison, except... Uh, their jet starts to crash. They get transported somewhere. It turns out as some alternate universe where New York is split into zones run by either Tony Stark, Reed Richards, or Strangeland, or Strangetown, which is run by Stephen Strange. <laughs> uh, and they've apparently had some sort of war. And it's sort of like Vienna after World War II. It is just really, really clever. You're getting just enough information. You want to see some more. Uh, art's really good. Edwards has done a great job on this, moving down the end of, of uh, Thunderbolts, Dark Avengers, whatever you want to call it. This book is, car- is carrying the ball for this whole franchise. Forget Thunderbolts. Go back and buy some Dark Avengers, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Uh, but the actual book of the week... Remember, the thing about the Dark Avengers sure. thing, you talked about the, the, the zones and the warring superheroes mm-hmm. kind of thing. They did something like that in uh, Flashpoint. Uh, it was Aquaman and Wonder Woman, like in an alternate reality, uh-huh. Atlantis and uh, you know uh, Paradise, Paradise Island are, are, are fighting each other. So it's sort of a similar kind of thing, and you got to see who would choose what side and, and who would be, you know whatever. It was it's a cool little which thing. Which is fun when you pick up with this. The, the uh, Dark Avengers wake up in someone's lab. It's Henry Pym, 
Okay. And there's Tony, and they're starting to debate what's going on. Who are these people? Where did they come <laughs> from? And why does that guy have no arms and legs? And what's happened over there to <laughs> the U.S. agent and so on? Uh, but really, when this changed from Thunderbolts to Dark Avengers, I was very concerned. It was just this whole rebranding thing. But the book continued to get better and better and better as it came down the end. And it is still sensational. And it has an Iwo Jima cover. That was cover <laughs> of the week also. Yes. Yep. And I actually, I have all of those. I have yet to pick them up, but it's like on top of my stack. I actually know I did read the first one and I liked it a lot. I'm looking forward to going yeah. through those. Well, it's a little, the, the characters are just a whole lot of fun and very, very twisted. But uh, book of the week, it's Batgirl 15, yeah. which is the third of four of the Death of the Family tie-ins here. And back in 13, uh, the Joker, and though there is dispute among some of us here, whether it's actually the Joker or not, right, Steve? Yes. Yes. Uh, he's kidnapped Barbara Gordon's mother, and after torturing her and holding her for a while, he's uh, <laughs> keeping her as a chip to try to get Barbara to marry him. Though we get a flashback conversation with his Arkham Asylum psychiatrist, uh, maybe it's not exactly what that's supposed to be, so we're not entirely sure. In the midst of that, Barbara, you actually see her, she cracks a little bit. She, she shows uh, an emotion we don't normally see in superheroes, but that seems to fill her with resolve. Because she takes down the Joker, and she's going to end his threat, it looks like, mm -hmm. permanently, but she can't, really. Um, art here by Daniel Sampier, who I don't know very much, is really very good, very moody, mm -hmm. atmospheric. The action sequences really have a heck of a lot of impact. And certainly, look, Gail Simone writes Barbara Gordon like nobody else. It's just absolutely masterful. You get to see a real heroic character. And yet she has to make a choice. And at one point, she needs to go beyond. So I'm going to write this down. She, she says to the Joker, I'm not Batman, Joker. The rules no longer apply here. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. She has to make a choice and leaves with sort of those words. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't been picking this title up, uh, this is the Death of the Family tie-in to me that I've read that really strikes me as being really top-notch in a book yeah. that stands on its own. Go back and buy 13 to 15. 16 will be her last issue. Pick this one up. I, um, yeah, I don't think that it's the Joker. I'm going to go on record. All right. I think you're crazy. <laughs> no, it's, well, I, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I just want okay. to say one thing. I think it's interesting that in all the tie-ins and all the books that we've had so far of Death in the Family, anytime that somebody's like punched him in the face or anytime that his mask has got turned around, he's constantly, constantly like struggling to put it back on that he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to reveal the final joke mm. yet. Um, just every time that something happens to it, the first thing that he does is fix it. And I just think it's interesting that he's so concerned about keeping it on. Um, that's the only thing really that, and that and the fact that, I mean, he is just, he's sick. I've read a lot of Joker stuff. This is like on a whole other level. Mm. And at first we were all like, Oh my God, it's a guy. I, I was so excited. I was like, he's so twisted and he's so this and he's so that but i don't remember him ever being like this well i mean i think uh snyder's kind of deal was he every, the joker every time the joker comes back he's different you know if right. you look at the joker throughout the history of batman he, he's different every couple of years you yeah. know and, and this is just his version yeah. of that guy i mean the, the mask fixing thing could also be just something that i'm looking way right. too much into <laughs> You know, um, it's fun to theorize about. Right. Hey, yeah, maybe no, well, you hit. Maybe you hit a clue that no one else has yet. Bah, I don't know. I, I just, just I think it would Marple be interesting. Have, you know. I think it would be interesting if it wasn't him, and the entire time he's been like cooped up in some I don't know uh, container down in a, like a harbor or some <laughs> shit, and like 
this unknown character or somebody that we do know and it's been them the whole time we haven't seen mm. them in a long time mm. but then if they were going to go that route, I don't know. I'm going. Right. Well, specifically on the book, Bob, then, what did, did you, you think? Did you just call Steve like two seconds ago, Miss Marple? Yes. Yes, he did. Okay. Did he really? just... yeah. Yeah. You're an old English woman. You're an old English detective. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I got the reference, but it just made me chuckle, and I wasn't entirely sure if I heard you correctly. Uh, <laughs> what made so. me chuckle was this picture you just sent me on. Oh, my God. Phone. Yeah. Stephanie sent us a picture I with got... the, uh, the mustache <laughs> keychain on her face. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I have it right here. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so, what, what about the book? Can though, I tweet this? Yeah, awesome. I can totally hear yeah. it too. It's so <laughs> right. great. Let's see. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, Not to derail Batman. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, actually, I thought both of the tie-ins that I read this week were pretty great. I thought Batman and Robin uh, fifteen was also really great. Yeah. Um, the way that he kind of takes on Damien um, is is pretty awesome. And the way that Damien goes back at him, you know, basically saying, you know, I'm mm. not I, I'm not Dick Grayson. You know, this is not that's not who I am. The um, the art was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Gleason art. Yeah, really was, cool. Was awesome. Like yeah. the way the, the Joker's like face was turned upside down. Yeah. He turned his face upside down. All wow. the like all yeah. the shadowy parts with mm-hmm. Robin. I thought yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Um, it illustrated the character very, very well. And I like that they focused just on Robin and didn't bring Batman in, you know, very much that it was just Damien dealing with, with the Joker in this situation. Um, it's interesting because it's, it's a directly the end, the beginning of it is basically directly after the end of Batman 15, which we haven't even talked about at, at all, um, which takes that story in a whole nother direction and, you know, and is disturbing, and you mentioned this to me actually before I had read it mm-hmm. in a different way than the other ones have been disturbing yeah. because Batman starts to believe him. He starts to believe what the Joker's saying a little bit, a little bit, even if he doesn't know it himself. The last line of, of the main story, you definitely get the feeling, you know, that there's something going on in Batman's head. You know, he put a bee in his bonnet. Yeah, there's something different there. There's doubt that there's never been before. Yeah, which I thought was really, really great. Um, you know, there's obviously really intense, crazy stuff. Uh, the voiceover is great, and Steiner's great at doing that. And, and I, I love the backup. Like, I've loved all of them. This time we get some Riddler. And it's great because the Riddler is kind of like, the Joker tells him his plan, and the Riddler's like, oh, like, you're crazy, you know? <laughs> and I, I love, the, you know, him being the mirror of the other villains, kind of showing how mm-hmm. just depraved he is. Um, we may see in Batgirl 16 exactly how depraved because his yeah. conversation with his psychiatrist mm-hmm. where it's a whole uh, boxing Helena kind of thing he's discussing yeah. uh, could get to be pretty grim coming down the next issue. Yeah. Steve, what did you think of six, uh, Batgirl 15 here? We didn't actually hear. I um, I did it. I gotta, I gotta stop saying um. Sorry. I listened no. to myself on the podcast. You'll, know, you'll never day. be able to stop it. I can't dying. stop it. I was dying. <laughs> so, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I did like it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was interesting that when I asked you if you had liked it, that you liked it as much as you did, because it was very violent. It was very violent and it was very mean spirited. And even though it was, but it was like, it was strong. Like Barbara Gordon, yeah. she's, she's scared. She's pissed. She feels threatened. Her family is threatened, right. not only right. her immediate family, but her bat family yeah. and everything. And uh, I just didn't know if the, 
I'm I've had enough and I'm not going to take this shit anymore. Barbara was going to be your Barbara. I think to the point she's been pushed here, she had no other choice. Right. Well, that's and what that's I thought. That's why you, you've, you've got someone who's got the handle on the character who can then take it to there. Right. But like immediately when I put it down, I thought of you and I was just like, I was like, hmm. I was like, I wonder, I wonder how this is going to sit. Well, um, not everyone's read all of this or any of this at this point. But when, when the Joker presents her with her engagement ring in the way that he does, yeah. you, you already get a sense that, oh, this, the levels have increased. Something different's going to have to happen here. Yeah. And she does take out the Joker, but she can't finish it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's earned. You know, obviously it's like... Th- 30 years earned at yeah. this point but um just in Simone's run since the, you know obviously with with Barbara getting out of the chair there was always going to be a deep tie to the Joker even with the Joker not in the story and so I think that she's had that focus and they've referenced it enough throughout this run even before death in the uh, death of the family that it it pays off you know and you feel a lot of you you know the, the part of you feels justified with her mm-hmm. you know like just do it just finish it you know do what he the batman can't do just finish it off and then we don't have to worry about this anymore of course it wouldn't be a batman story <laughs> if the joker it, yeah has another day to play but uh no i thought it was great i thought it was great um all right, is anybody else any of the books they want to talk about before we move on? Nope. Oh, good. All right, so um, I'm going to read off uh, things a little differently. I'm going to read off uh, today's releases, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get into our debates. So um, from Archaea, we have Cursed Pirate Girl, Volume 1, hardcover. Oh, that actually is going to be amazing. Jeremy Bastion's art is phenomenal, guys. Definitely look for oh, that. Cool. Iron or the War After, hardcover, and Shiraz Day, hardcover. Um from Boom, we have Adventure Time number 11, hmm. Bravest Warriors number three of six, Meh. Hellraiser <laughs> The Road Below number three, and Freelancers number two. Um, from Dark Horse, we have Angel and Faith number 17, BPRD 1948 number three, um, BPRD Hell on Earth number 102. Uh, we have Black Beetle Night Shift number zero. It's a one shot. Uh, Dark Horse <laughs> Presents number 19. Um, Empowered Special, number three. Hellbent or Heaven Sent. Um, Yeah, it's about a junkyard of leftover superhero gear that goes bad and creates female vampire ninjas or something. Okay. Uh, Michael Avon Oming's The Victories, number five of five. Number 13, number one. Um, Oh My Goodness, 43, trade paperback. They said Oh My. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh My Goodness, I said. I'd read Um, the other one, though. (laughs) R.I.P.D. City of the Dam, number two of four. Uh, Rotten Apple one shot, uh, Star Wars Agent of the Empire hard target number three of five, yay! And Star Wars, <laughs> Star Wars Dawn of the Jedi, the Prisoner of Bogon number two of five. Um, from, Steve's turning purple. Yeah, sorry. From DC Comics we have Batwoman number fifteen, yay! Uh, Before Watchmen Moloch number two, Bad. Birds of Prey number fifteen, Blue Beetle number fifteen, Catwoman number fifteen. <laughs> DC Universe Presents, number 15. Django Unchained, number one. Uh, Fables, number 124. Yeah. Green Lantern, number 15. Green Lantern New Guardians, number 15. Hellblazer, Hell number 298. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number five of six. He-Man. Um, JSA, <laughs> The Liberty Files, The Whistling Skull, number one of six. Looks like a good cover. I don't know. I it's a really cool cover, around. yeah. Um, Legion of Superheroes, number 15. Mad Magazine, number 519. Nightwing number 15, which is the first Death in the Family 
Death of the Family, of the Family Nightwing issue. Oh. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 15. Um, Supergirl, number 15. I'm trying one more. This crossover. Oh, the Hell on the Earth. Hell, Sword of Sorcery, number three. Unwritten, number 44. Wonder Woman, number 15. And Young Justice, number 23. Cartoon's oh. coming back, by the way. It is. Yeah, January, right? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it's like the sixth or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. Nice. Um, from Dynamite, we have Bionic Woman, number six. Dark Shadows, number 11. Evil Ernie, number three. Blech. Green Hornet, number 32. Masks, number two. Yes. Panther, number five. Panther. Spider, number seven. Spider. And Vampirella, <laughs> number 25. Um, from IDW, we have uh, Alan Roberts, Killology, number two of four. Uh, Classic Popeye, number five. Uh, Joe Palooka, number one of six. <laughs> Judge Dredd, number two. Lock and Key Omega, number two. Hooray! Mars Attacks, number six. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, number 20. Um, Star Trek 100-page Spectacular Winter 2012. Star Trek The Next Generation. Doctor Who Assimilation 2, number eight. Or Square, number eight. Ah. Ah. Star Trek Next Generation Hive, number three. Um... We have Transformers More Than Meets the Eye, number 12, Transfusion, number two. Yay! It's a lot of books coming out. From Image, we have America's Got Powers, number four of six, <laughs> Carbon Gray, volume two, number two of three. Um, so we have uh, Comeback, number two, Happy, number three, Haunt, number 28, MacGyver, Fugitive Gauntlet, number three MacGyver. of five. Uh, Multiple Warheads from Alphabet to Infinity, number three of four. Sweet. Nowhere Man, number two. Saga number eight, yeah. Super Dinosaur number sixteen, Super Dinosaur. Supreme number six sixty-seven, uh, Thief of Thieves number eleven, yeah. uh, Where Is Jake Ellis number two of five, and Witchblade number one sixty-two. Oh, also Witch Doctor Mall Practice number two of six. Um, <laughs> two L's or actually one pretty L. good. One. Okay. Is it, it was a good seventy. I, I read. I haven't read the newest series, but I read the one uh, before, and it was really good. Very cool. I enjoyed it. So, you know, it has this, it's a bit of a silly name, So, but it's fun. I like it. Nice. Check it out, guys. Zosser of Zilk was also really cool, and that sounds like, absolutely ridiculous. It does. Zosser of Zilk is a crazy name <laughs> or something. Um, A plus, this is Marvel. A plus X, number three. All new X-Men, number four. Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, sorry. That, nope, that's a reprint. Uh, Astonishing yeah. X-Men, number 57. Yeah. Uh, Avengers, number two. Whoa. Avengers Ooh. Arena, number two. Yay. Cable and X-Force, number two. Yay. Captain America, number two. Yay. Captain Marvel, number eight. Yay. Captain America and Black Widow, number 640. That's the last issue. Um, Castle, A Calm Before the Storm, number one of five. Daredevil, number 21. Yay. FF, number two. Yeah. Gambit, number seven. Yeah. Hawkeye, number six. <laughs> Indestructible Hulk, number two. Yay. Uh, Journey into Mystery, number 647. Holy crap. Yeah. Light week. Yeah. Scarlet Spider, number 12.1. Secret Avengers, number 35. Oh, my God. Thor, God of Thunder, number three. Thunderbolts, number two. Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man, number 18. (laughs) Ultimate Comics, Ultimates, number 19. Uncanny X-Force, number 35, which is the last issue. Uh, Venom, number 28. Wolverine, the X-Men, number 22. (laughs) X-Factor, number 249. Yes. X-Men Legacy number three and Extreme X-Men number eight. Hope you didn't don't need any. Don't cram everything in there before Christmas, guys. Yeah, yeah really. Hope you don't need any Felt Christmas like money. Broke from Christmas yeah. shopping. Yeah. Holy um, shit. Thanks, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are two half weeks coming. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Christmas. That's a Christmas present to us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from Oni Press, we have Six Gun number 27 and Wasteland number 42. <laughs> Um and uh, from Valiant we have Harbinger number seven and Exo Man of War number eight and from Cinescope Grim Fairy Tales presents Godstorm number three Grim Fairy Tales number eighty. 
Grim Fairy Tales presents Robin Hood, number four. Yeah. And Grim Fairy Tales presents Wonderland, number six. This could have been a whole show by itself. It could have, just just a, just reading out all the releases. So um, that's going to be your releases uh, for this week. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to start our end-of-the-year awards debate. Right, we are back and we're ready to start off our talking comics end of the year awards debate. Um, so we have well, we have twelve categories. We have thirteen, I guess, because we added one a publisher of the year, but it's not really a debating category. So we're gonna get that away first. Be very civil, very polite, very nice. Um, today, on the, yeah. I say. Uh, today on the show, uh, we're gonna cover um, publisher of the year, our breakout artist our breakout writer and possibly cover though we might end and that might be on uh, next week's show. So um, here we go. So for publisher of the year, we're going to say Marvel. Everybody agree? <laughs> yeah. Uh, DC, um, Image, Dark Horse, and IDW. Dark Horse, huh? Yeah. Who else would you put in? Other Bongo. We'll put Bongo on there. Vertigo is DC. Uh, all right, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna it's do, an imprint. Yeah, yeah, do it like that. DC publishes Vertigo. All right, all right, all right. Well, all right we can right, have okay. Marvel Max either. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we couldn't have thing. Ultimate Comics. <laughs> I guess um, EC. I say it's always EC. All right, what do you mean? Oh, EC, EC Comics? Doesn't yeah. they don't exist anymore though? Yeah, they still print reprints. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dark Horse, IDW, and Image. Just um, have an no argument. love for uh, Dynamite, huh? No, no. You I don't. That, that, I actually, don't. Have re- any of us even read anything from Dynamite this year? Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I read Army of Darkness. Oh, and I read Masks, and I've read a little bit of the Bionic Man. Thunder. Um, one. <laughs> so terrible. I have not read Thunder. The Booby Book. Is that what Thunder is? Oh God, yeah. Oh really? I have oh, no now. idea, dude. <laughs> and no Panther. Idea. No idea. And, and they team up with Vampirella. There yep. you go. It's a lot of boobies. Yep. yep. Booby Central. It is. Um. But Stephanie, before we move on, you want did you want to mention one publisher who's not going to get nominated, but they did something pretty big for the industry this year? Yeah, so um, I've talked about them on a couple shows now, and we've all, I think, read one or two comics from them. Mm-hmm. But um, just honorable mentions goes out to Monkey Brain Comics, who I think uh, really revolutionized um, the industry in a very short period of time. They basically launched um, at San Diego and just, like knocked it out of the park um, with, you know, their campaign to make themselves known and uh, to bring really quality work to um, digital comics. And I don't think they really make the list this year because they haven't been around for like the full year. But I think next year they could really give um, the other publishers a run for their money. And I think for that, they get a big thumbs up from me. Agreed. Yeah, if they keep putting out the quality stuff they put out and they have a great advantage even more so than image and idw and dark horse and the other indies in the fact that they there's really not a lot of downside to anything they put out they're not incurring really any costs to to put these books out in in a lot of ways because you know you don't pay to get on comiXology or at the itunes store you have to give a cut of it to them when you sell a book but they're not printing things and so they can let their creators be even more adventurous than they even could be in somewhere else 
And it's giving a really uh, good opportunity to the creators to kind of get their work out there where otherwise, even with Image, who takes on a lot of new books from new writers that no one's heard of, I mean, that takes a really, really, really long time. But Monkey Brain offers a really revolutionary way to get work out there by people who we probably otherwise would never hear about. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, image thing about um, images that, you know, they'll put a book out, but if they start losing money on a book, then they're going to cancel it, you know, and in, with monkey brain, I, I don't, I don't think that it's really possible for them to lose money uh, on one of their books. So I, I think that's great. And it's really cool. They've, they have digital rights to publish it, but all the other rights still belong to the creator, so they can do what they will with it. If they decide they want to go to Image Later and get it published with them, they could do that. That's uh, great. Um, and that's a, a, just a very forward way thing about it. And obviously, it started by creators, so you know they obviously have creators' rights very much in mind. So, publisher of the year, we have Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, and IDW are our five nominees there. It's sort of like best animated feature at the Oscar. You kind of know there'll be, you know, three Pixar's and a, yeah. and a DreamWorks and <laughs> yeah. goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and some obscure foreign film like Chico yeah. and Rita. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, what is this movie? Um, but was, it always turns out to be awesome. A Cat from Paris like, that's was awesome. That's how I found out about, um, oh, what the hell is it called? Uh, the Secret of Cows. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was and, funny because that got nominated and was like, what? That movie yeah. is And then amazing. I went and bought it before like the Oscars and I was like, this movie deserves everything. Mm-hmm. Like all the wins. <laughs> Cat in Paris was good? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's, uh, it was it's very just, good. It's on Netflix now. Yeah. So I'm going to have to check it's that all, out. Um, it's all impressionism. Moving oh, cool. around, capering about and all kinds of things. It's very, um, it's a lot more action driven than you would expect. Hmm. And um, the voice work and and just the way it worked with the art was very impressive. It's not, I mean, it's not going to blow you away, but you won't mind. It'll be a a satisfying watch. Cool. By the way, I think capering could be next year's shenanigans. That's become one of my favorite words as (laughs) of late. Can't believe there's not a comic called capering. Yes. Well, you never know. I just capering about it. Just it covers a lot of ground. It does. You could be doing good things or bad things. I use it to describe Stephanie to people all the time. <laughs> it's, like, it's a good descriptor for Stephanie. Do you, it is. Do you actually? I do. <laughs> oh. Well, what? It's a, it's a good thing. We'll talk later. <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. She's probably, you know, out and about capering around. And they're like, what does that mean? I said, you don't know Stephanie, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> She's wearing a little domino yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. You're, jumping you're on always rooftops. off on adventures. You're capering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're meddling with the... the <laughs> I oh god I had it and I lost it. We we'll come back to it. All right, we'll move on. We'll back. I'll come. So, I'll come back in the middle. Ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> Just say a random <laughs> word. Yeah. Um, so I think all of them are going to be as nice as publisher of the year. We'll kind of get through them all in the same way. Yeah. Hundred uh, oh, percent. Uh, yes. Uh, so breakthrough artist. Now, originally last week when we talked about this, we had said uh, most improved, and but over the week trying to come up with nominees, I had a lot of trouble trying to kind of suss out what that meant because although. You know, especially Steve and I have been doing this for over a year now. I don't feel like it's enough time to be like, oh, this person was not doing very well and now they're good. You know, we only really have a year of time to, to go off of. He really they were sucked stupid last and now October. they're not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we talked about this and we kind of came up with uh, Stephanie Allen, kind of breakthrough. It, 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 um, so it's good because it doesn't have to be somebody new, but it's it just someone who has either hit it big. Um, or has been around for a while and now has taken it up to the next level. Um, so it has a lot of kind of uh, dexterity 
to uh, to the category. Um, so what we'll do is we'll go around and we'll kind of list off our our nominees and you know after we had the, the list five, of, at, five at a time five at a time okay well the list of 20 we'll have a list of 20 and we'll be able to kind of pare it down to five i have a master sheet here that i'll be able to kind of write down as we lock stuff in um so uh you know it, it, we, these things usually move along at a pretty good uh, pretty nice pace sometimes you know rules start getting put into play in the middle of it like somebody gets a veto or something but that needs to be decided as we go along because you don't really know what the situation is going to call for as we go as we go through but it's a organic situation this is the conversation if we were doing this for a living we'd have you know in our like conference room but mm-hmm. since we only have this time to really be in the same room for a long period of time we're going to do that now so breakthrough artist bob why don't you give us first okay. your nominees uh david aja okay are we doing any talking or just throwing the names out there and then debating? Throw the names out there and okay. then we'll debate. Uh, Chris Samney. Okay. Amanda Connor. Okay. Dexter Soy. Okay. J.H. Williams III. All right. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> okay. So, Steve, what about you? Uh, ha Let's see. I have Dexter Soy. Okay. David Aja. Okay. Greg Capullo. All right. Amanda Connor and Fiona Staples. Okay. Two for Okay, and Fiona Staples. Okay, um, Stephanie, what about you? Uh, I had Fiona Staples and uh, Greg Capullo, okay. and I had um, who else do I have here? Where's my list? Um, and David Aja as well. And I didn't actually get around to writing that many down, but um, I would definitely agree with Amanda Connor as well. Okay. All right. Um, so for me, I have uh, Riley Rossimo. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, I could agree with that. Uh, Dexter Soy, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Sarah Pacelli. Oh yeah. Um, Fiona Staples, and uh, Patrick Gleason, who is the artist on Batman and Robin. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my only oh no, go ahead, Stephanie. Go ahead. My only thing with like Dexter Soy is that what else has he done other than a couple issues of Captain Marvel? It's a yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know he was kind of my number five. Um, the only and the and I like your guys' uh, David Aja one is great. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't put that on there is because I've because I had read the Immortal Iron Fist before and so I had a kind of a sense more of him. But he mm-hmm. definitely has taken the next level as far as popularity and kind of his style. I think has definitely jumped quite a bit um, in this issue. I mean, it, it, th- well, this I was, year. I mean, when we, when I was putting my list together, I was trying to think of people that obviously made a mark for themselves this year's mm-hmm. like this year, not as opposed to anything else. Yeah. Uh, like the Dexter soy thing, obviously he doesn't have the, the pedigree or the whatever he's mm-hmm. only got the, the captain Marvel that we've seen him. But I think that it was enough that when it did come out, that we all kind of woke up to, to his style yeah. and yeah. we were all really impressed with it. Mm-hmm. And when I think of something like breakthrough artist and we were all collectively like, Oh wow, look at this. Yeah. You know that that's why I included him, and I think he's poised to take that next step. This could be where you're looking at, you know, Neil Adams doing Dead Man mm-hmm. 35 years ago, and it's oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh, we, we, but, we saw it start mm-hmm. right there. But to both of your points, I think that would be next year for Dexter Soy. You like, might I don't be think right. he would be on this list this year. I think he, if we had a new artist, mm-hmm. he or an up and coming kind of thing. I think he would be at the top of the list, but I don't think he cuts 
Yeah, no, I mean, he's 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 my number five as well. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't make it to the final cut, I won't mm. be like heartbroken or anything. I mean, yeah. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, comparatively to the other artists that we've had who have a ton of books that came out this year and really made themselves known, I don't think Dexter Soy really um, compares. Yeah. And if he had done every issue of Captain Marvel, that'd be one thing because that would be a sizable sample size mm. for us to deal with. Yeah. Uh, and he was on my list too, but thinking about it and hearing the other people you guys have brought up, mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit iffy for me. But before we eliminate people, let's just say for certain, Fiona Staples, I think, is on this list. I mean, I think she's on everybody's list but Bob's. Right. She is on one of my other lists. She's on one of my other lists too, yeah. but she can be on more than one list. Yeah, I, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, can we say we can lock in Fiona Staples? Does everybody yeah. agree? Yeah. I'm all for that, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to lock in Fiona Staples. All right. Cool. All right. Um, so here we go. Who else we got? So um, well, we have three Amanda Connors. We do have three Amanda Connors. Um, now she's been at this a very long time. Or I thought this is a breakout. I've always enjoyed her art, but Silk Spectre. There's a depth of emotion now that mm-hmm. wasn't quite there before. A daringness with panel layout. Uh, there's something different happening there. Part of mm-hmm. it is, I guess, because she was co-plotting mm-hmm. and had something to do with it. But it seemed a huge leap upwards to me. Yeah, I was. I did like for the artist stuff in particular. I did a, a bit of research online, and uh, you know, went through people's other books, other titles, and histories, and stuff like that. And uh, her style has definitely evolved um, mm-hmm. through Silk Spectre and through a couple of the other, um, I guess, like privatized things that she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe stuff for cons that I'd seen online. That um, it's just she kind of refined. Uh, everything that she'd been about. Um, lots and lots and lots more color, lots more curves, and um, just a, a much more neater uh, approach to her own art, yeah. which was... And the thing... I mean, I know we already locked her in, but Fiona Staples, I mean, if you look at the work she did in Done to Death, that was like night and day yeah. compared to mm-hmm. uh, what we find in Saga. Yeah. So, I mean, she was obvious for, for me. Yeah. But as far as Amanda Connor... Uh, yeah, she's grown a lot in this year, and I of all the things that you know before Watchmen had done, I, Silk Spectre was just like a joy to look mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Uh, so, Bob, you've been—you uh, said Amanda Connor's been out for a long time, and you were a big fan. She was doing Power Girl for a while, yeah. right? Um, so, you think that this year she significantly stepped up her game as far as her work Absolutely. from that stuff that and, you even and, loved? And, and I liked it before. Yeah. She was a favorite of mine. And when you see someone then take a, another level, the, the fun aspect was still there in issue one. We had those flashbacks to little Lori and sort of little devils on tricycles mm-hmm. and all those things with her mom when they're arguing. And then you get into the whole San Francisco, hate Ashbury, the drug mm-hmm. things and whatever, and the psychedelic pages and really special, something yeah. done. And there are scenes of Lori laying in bed crying, mascara running. It's, you mm-hmm. didn't see that before. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I don't, wasn't very familiar with her work before, but th- both of you guys have really, that's really kind of started me to turn me around on it. Stephanie, what do you think about Amanda Connor for this list? Um, I definitely think she is the perfect fit for, uh, what we're trying to achieve with best breakthrough artist. Um, she's been around a while, but she wasn't nearly as well known as she was this year when she stepped up to the plate for everything she's done. And yeah, I concur. Okay. So agree. Yeah. I mean, let's, we'll lock in Amanda Connor then. Amanda Connor is our second nominee. Sweet. All right. So that's been pretty pretty painless so far. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so um, let's go to the next. Who else do we have? Oh, so we have a bunch for Aja. Um, now, my only thing about him is that while I think that his Hawkeye art is beautiful and great, 
if you look at his work in um, Immortal Iron Fist, it's different, mm-hmm. but it's still gorgeous. You know, and it's one of the standout things about that book. And that book came out, you know, years ago. So if we're talking about popularity and kind of name recognition, I think because Hawkeye has kind of been like this missile into the comic book world, you know, for a character that people weren't necessarily too interested in reading to now being on tops of people's best lists yeah. for the year, um, I think that in that way, I think he fits this category. But in stepping up his game kind of artistically artistically i don't think he really stepped up his game i think that he's working at a really high level but i think he was kind of always working at a really high level is the hawkeye a different style it's different yes okay it's more pared down than the iron fist stuff i mean it it's still definitely him you know but there's something there's a a harder quality to the iron fist stuff a little bit more of an edge to the iron fist stuff um a little more detail to that stuff uh and so I kind of, while it's different, I don't know if it's better. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I think that the panel layouts are more interesting. I think that the, you know, the the kind of inventiveness is there, but I don't know how much of that is David Aja and how much of that is just him partnering with Fraction mm-hmm. and the way that they put their team together. You know, I'm not saying it's either one of them more than the other, but to me, it just doesn't feel like this is better than Iron Fist. It's just different. So that's okay. the only reason... I don't want to lock him in, you we'll know, hold right, him to the side. right now. Hold yeah. him, you know, I don't, I'm okay. not saying we eliminate him, but for me, he doesn't get a lock in okay. on that. Well, you're the person who's read Iron Fist, so you, we have to go with your gut on this one. Stephanie, do you have any prior David Aja experience? <laughs> um, No, not really. Okay. I, I would agree with just putting him off to the side for now. Who else okay. do we have? Like, okay, so we've locked in Fiona Staples. We've locked in Amanda Connor. Yeah. And um, then... Who else do? We, how many other nominees do we have now? So we have. Um, well, let's say we're going to get rid of Dexter Soy. Like he's not going to make the list. We'll say. Um, <laughs> maybe got, next year. Maybe next. We got Riley Rossimo, uh, Sarah Pacelli, um, Chris Samney, J.H. Williams, and Greg Capullo. Okay. Well, then I would definitely put uh, Aja off to the side. Okay. Um, I would also put J.H. off the side just because, again. While he's been great this year, if you look at Batwoman, you know, the yeah. detective run, it's just as great. That's the only reason why he yeah. didn't make my list. You know? Okay. That's the only yeah. reason. And it's different. And again, this category is interesting because it also is like, you didn't read J.H. Williams before, so this was your first right. experience with him. So you it, it hits your consciousness a lot harder. But if you go back and look at that, because you, you've read it, it's just as good. You know, it, it, he's definitely taking some, maybe some more chances now that he had. Well, maybe that's it. It's breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, to the public yeah I'm, so the, the great unwashed like me right. I mean it's just uh, it's, it's, it's this category is interesting because it has a lot more gray area than a lot of our other yeah. categories so you we'll know? throw him to the side put too. him to the side just, uh, just as in well. case uh, how do you guys feel about Greg Capullo because I have pretty strong feelings for him being on this list I, I wouldn't disagree uh, initially when you said it I was kind of, when both of you, when you and Stephanie both said it I was kind of like that's weird he's been working for like 20 years but you know, while he worked on Spawn for a long time and he worked on Haunt, um, I feel like, you know, he was a little bit in that niche, you know, a little bit of that, like, traditional image mm-hmm. niche of, of artists. And I feel like he's taken a step, you know, w- w- storytelling-wise with the Snyder stuff. But what's your strong feelings about the uh, stuff? Batman issue number five. Mm-hmm. That that issue, I mean, aside from a, a few other handfuls, I mean, if we had to choose a best issue of something for mm-hmm. the year, I mean, that issue was wild. I right. had never, 
I mean, in all the comic books that I'd read, I never read something that actually required me to look at the book a different way and get and get involved with the book in a different capacity, turn it around, turn it upside down, inside out. Um, but not just for that, just the, the, if you, like, I was going through Batman, I wasn't reading it, but I was just kind of flipping through it, uh, over the past few days and all the, all the characters, like, I love the way that he portrays Bruce, um, all the, the grit and grime and the shadows and everything that it's just, it's such a, a rich, uh, artistic style for Gotham city itself. And I mean, especially, I mean, this is not spoilers, this is a while ago, but during the whole Court of the Owls, Night of the Owls, when Batman was transforming mm-hmm. while in his madness, it was just, that was some really, really yep. inspired stuff. Like if I, the cover to number six of Batman half owl, half mm-hmm. bat, if I was just a kid in a comic store, just anyone in a comic store, and I wasn't reading Batman, and I passed that on the racks, and I saw that was Batman number six with that on the cover, I would have been like, what in the fuck happened to Batman? Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, I mean, I just, I think that he deserves to be recognized for just being the, the main artist on an incredible series that mm-hmm. kind of breathed new life into the character. I mean, I totally, I agree with everything you said. My only thing about Capullo is that all of those things make a great case for him for artist of the year. Yeah. I, I just don't know if he needs to be on breakout artist. That's my only thing. And I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here because yeah. I feel a lot of the same way you're feeling. I'm just trying to separate in my mind just artists that I love from artists that kind of broke out this year. Now, I haven't been in comics long enough to know how big Greg Capullo was before he did Batman number one. How far back in image was he? He took over from McFarlane for Spawn. Like he was the next artist on Spawn. And he created Haunt with uh, Kirkman... Um, and I think McFarlane, I think, are the people who created that book for Image. So he's been around for a long time, you know, and I, I, I just, and again, it doesn't matter he's been around for a long time because this, this might be its best work, mm-hmm. but that's the only reason why I kind of hesitate a little bit on this. I just think that between him and Snyder together, mm-hmm. that they, I mean, Batman has been bigger than he has been, as far as I know, even without reading comics, I he's bigger than he's been in, in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that is to to Greg Capullo's credit that as far as break breakthrough or breakout mm. artist that him being known for Batman as much as he, as widespread as he is yeah that that might get him into this category just because of the the popularity and the mass of mm. people that he's impressed right. that even if he's been around for twenty years this is the first time that so many people are turning their heads because of him it's true first Stephanie, time I know his name yeah. so Stephanie what do you um, think about it. I actually was going to just bring up another sort of, I mean, if we're going to do Greg Capullo as one of them, I feel like we'd probably have to throw in Mike Allred in there too. Um, Cause I mean, he just got FF right. And has really just sort of blown up this year. So, I mean, he's obviously been around for a long time, but comparatively, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? He was like on if- my initial, when we were talking most improved, mm-hmm. he was at the top of my list as a matter of fact, because mm-hmm. I, I know Mad Men and those were, you know, it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. and a lot of crazy stuff he's always done. But that first issue of FF, if nothing else, yeah. was so different. Those, those panels of Scott Lang and, and Reed were so touching. Yeah. And I had never I, seen that in his work before. I just think like, I'm, I'm sorry to kind of take the subject or the... No, this is what this is for. Yeah. <laughs> um, to take it away from Greg Capullo. But, um, I mean, I feel like Mike Allred has a really stylized um, form of art. 
And that's not really something that we see in Marvel and DC very often. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure, in like Vertigo and Image and stuff like that, yes. But almost never in Mm -hmm. Marvel books and like the big publishers. And I feel like he should maybe be added to our nomination roster Mm -hmm. um, because of that. Like it's a big breakthrough for him and the industry. I would would agree with that. I'd give you a vote for him on the list. Forget on the nomination. I mean, on the... list for people to vote on i would endorse that one i mean i would endorse that too i mean that's a really good argument for, good job know, steph for him <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> anyways so i just wanted to put that out there so i i think he would be a stronger choice if we're going to do artists that have been a long time i think mike mm-hmm. alred would uh i would choose him over greg capullo yeah and i have a only than two and this is part of like awards awardsing but i feel like we're going to be talking about greg capullo again when we get to the big artist award mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like we're not gonna, not gonna talk about Mike Allred just because he has not done enough this year, you know, one issue of FF and you know a couple Wolverine, great yeah. great issues, mm-hmm. and he's doing iZombie, but I've been reading iZombie, so I don't I don't know enough about that to put him in no. the the top artist of the year category. So I'd be comfortable with him on the breakout list. Uh, agreed, yeah. Bob. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Okay, so we're locking in Mike Allred for breakthrough. This is how it happens, people. This is how it happens. This is how it happens. Now, well, again, we changed this category. He was at the top of my other list. Right. Um, I'm going to make a case for Riley Rossimo. Um, you got my vote for that already. <laughs> I mean, just the the amount of things he's done, the breadth of work he's done this year. Um, he's doing Bedlam, right? Yeah. With Spencer. Yes. Um, obviously, Green Wake ended this year. Um, fantastic there. Rebel Blood. Rebel Blood. You know, great. And, and Wild Children. Yeah. And different. Like, he, he has a different style, but... Everything he does is beautiful. Um, uh, some of it's dark, some of it not, but highly emotional. And, you know, I feel like, again, another guy who's not probably going to pop up on later later in the bigger categories, but a guy who I think another year under his belt is going to end up in those things. Once he gets his hooks into a book where, you know, he works all year on a book, I think that he's somebody that is going to be somebody huge very, very soon. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree solely based on Green Wake. Mm-hmm. That book, His I, art was phenomenal in Green Wake. That yeah. book was incredible. Yeah. I loved the crap out of that. Yeah. So he need, what he needs is like, he needs his, you know, Green Wake was almost that. He needs his saga or that, that yeah. book that is going to, everyone's going to be talking mm-hmm. about, that's going to be everywhere. He needs to do something that's more than four issues long. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, and But to me, I think he, he he's like the antithesis or the opposite of Mike Allred, but I think he fits the category nearly perfectly, you know, for, for what he is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we, we, we're, we're okay yeah. with Riley Rossimo? Mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Good. All right. All right. So we got four, we got four out of our five. So let's see who we got left to choose from here. This is fun so far. Yeah, it's good, right? <laughs> so far. So far. So far until we... That's coming. So um, if I miss anybody on anybody's list, let me know, because I, I tried to write them down, but I might have missed. Um, so we've got Pacelli, Sarah Pacelli, David Aja, Chris Samney, um, and Greg Capullo left. Okay. For people that we have left. Did I miss anybody's that we didn't talk about yet? Nope. I don't think so. Okay. So, um, can we talk about Samney? Because I'm not familiar at all. He's Daredevil. He's the He's been Daredevil pretty much all this year. Okay. Rock, Rocketeer. Rocketeer. Okay. Um. Yeah. Dinosaurs and jetpacks and stuff. yeah. Yeah. So he's been he doing those two books. Um. Similar style to what Aja's doing a lot in, in uh, Hawkeye. They have similar looks to them. Um. 
I think he also did some fill-in work on Ultimate Spider-Man as well at some point. Um, I love him. I, I think he's fantastic. And I didn't think of him for this list, but he does he does fit because I feel like he's hit his stride. He's gotten, he did that thing I'm talking about with Rossimo, whereas he got on a book that everybody was talking about. Yeah. And now, in a lot of ways, you know, his art has become synonymous with what that book looks like. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. So let's keep him on the table for right now. Um, what do you think of Chris Samney, Stephanie? Um, I'm not too familiar with his work, honestly. Okay. Um, so I'm going to respectfully uh, take my opinion out of this one. Okay. Um, and obviously you mentioned what you knew of him. I mean, you right. know more than you thought. Yeah, I I mean, I have a feeling it's going to end up being him when we're done with this conversation. Um, <laughs> I would like for Sarah Pacelli to be nominated, but I, I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, so. we can talk about Sarah Pacelli because yeah. I love Sarah Pacelli. I mean, I think her work on Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. and on Spider-Man is beautiful. Well, I think it's yeah. it's a it's a matter of uh I mean, since we're down to the wire, we can talk about both of them at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh it's a matter of emotion versus style that her stuff is very um very like human reactions, like you get a lot of that in her stuff. Um Samney as far as what I've seen in Rocketeer, <clears throat> excuse me, is very um much more cartoony, mm-hmm. much more old school. Which is also really neat to have somebody on the list who kind of has like that old old school approach to even like the coloring of his stuff or the line work and everything. Like even the dinosaurs with the jetpacks, mm-hmm. that's something right out of an old comic that you'd find in the newspaper. Right. Um, I mean, both of them are are great. I've been I loved um, Ultimate Comics Spider Man Miles Morales mm-hmm. her work on that. Um, and other stuff that I've seen too, uh, NYX mm-hmm. and things like that, that I just, I absolutely love her work. Um, but honestly, I would be comfortable with either one of them. Yeah. Um, Sorry, actually, Seth, go ahead. can I jump in? Yeah, go. All right. So I like Sarah Pacelli's art a lot, but if it's going to come down to uh, Samney, mm-hmm. Samney, yeah, Samney and him. Or her, sorry. Um, I mean, Whoa. I, I, I'm mildly familiar with Samney's work, but between the two, I would choose him. Okay. Um, she doesn't have a lot of variation to her work. She's done a lot of stuff for Marvel and a lot of the spider titles. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she has a lot of potential to expand past that. Um, she's fantastic. She's amazing. But um, as far as this year goes, I think you would have to give it to Sam Need just based on uh, the ability to work outside of just certain titles. Mm-hmm. Daredevil and Rocketeer are different. Yes. I mean, and, and trying to do Rocketeer, anyone's got to come off poorly to Dave Stevens. Mm-hmm. So they went in a different direction entirely. But just as you say, Steve, he, he, he rocks that era, gives yeah. you all the period details you want. There's an innocence to it, but uh, it's still brand new at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we may have to go. Maybe Sarah's next year's list too. Maybe, Maybe we should yeah. make next year's breakout artist <laughs> list and have a second category. Yeah, um, We should do some predictions for next year. We should. We, we should let's save that for the award show. Yeah. Though. That'd be a good a good one for the award show. There'll be events next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, there'll be some people. <laughs> people, people will die. Um, so yeah, I'm comfortable with Samney. I think we can lock in. Everybody, you, like, yeah. you, you comfortable with that? Okay. So that means our breakthrough artist nominees are... Fiona Staples, Amanda Connor, Mike Allred, Riley Rossimo, and Chris Samney. I think that's a pretty good list. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty good list. Champions I do want to I do want to say I just want to you know I think Patrick Gleason's work on Batman and Robin is fantastic. That I've warmed that book very much and we were talking about his art before about number 15 with the the, the way the Joker's portrayed in that and and it's 
dark and scary, but he's also got a classic look to him. And I, I think that um, he's an artist to watch because he's an artist. I don't think anybody knows his name. You know, and I think he's quietly been doing just excellent work on the book. I just so I just um, wanted to mention his name. I actually one more thing that I wanted to mention yes. as well. Um, Becky Cloonan uh, mm. didn't do a whole lot in terms of big comics this year, but um, I feel like she should get an honorable mention for being the first woman to draw a Batman comic. Absolutely, and yeah. um, that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she's going to be someone to look out for in the future. I mean, she's done a lot of indie stuff, but I think. Um, with Marvel and DC trying to do that sort of more stylized, unique take on their books, like with, uh, again, like Mike Allred, I think she'll be someone that they will look to to bring back on to do either backups or um, a full story in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, it's funny, Scott Snyder told a story about that, about her being the first woman. He goes, we, neither of us knew. He's like, she, we, I just asked her to do it. She said yes. And then later on, the Batman editor was like, did you know that she's the first woman to draw a Batman title? So he's like, we, we kind of backed into that milestone, but he's like, I think it's great. So yeah, she's absolutely somebody uh, to watch out for. Um, so anybody else, any other honorable mentions anyone wants to mention real quick before we move on? Go ahead, Steve. Oh, I, no, I, no, I no. want to see some more Emma Rios mm-hmm. in the coming year. The Doctor Strange season one was really neat. Her two Captain Marvel issues, oh. very good. Uh, not that I have to worry about it since he's on the book anyway. I can't remember the name, but the artist of the new Avengers um, book. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh Avengers. Oh, yeah, the, okay, Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerome Pena, yeah. Yeah, awesome. He's awesome, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, he's great. He did a lot of Uncanny X-Force as well this oh, year. okay. Yeah, he's great, yeah. He, I love that that painterly style that he has. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's be- beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right, so moving on to Breakthrough Writer. Um, Stephanie, why don't you start us off? All right, so I only came up with three, so my bad, everyone. But um, I came up with Kelly Sudakonic, uh Joe Keating, and Curtis Weeb. Okay. All right. Bob? Kelly Sudakonic. Okay. Uh, Jeff Parker on Thunderbolts and Red She-Hulk. Oh, I would second that. Uh, Amanda Connor, who oh. co-wrote Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. And J.H. Williams is a writer. He was drawing Batwoman before, mm-hmm. but writing it now. Okay, Steve. Uh, why don't you go? <laughs> okay, I've got Kelly Sue DeConnick, um, James Tinney in the fourth, uh, ah, uh, Curtis Weeb, and J.H. Williams were mine. Yeah. All right. Uh, I also have Kelly Sue DeConnick. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we lost her. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Curtis Weeb. Okay. Uh, Kieran Gillen. Oh, good one. And I was going to say Jeff Lemire. He's iffy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I had the same thing with Snyder because, like, he's huge now. He, I, that's the thing. I also had him and Matt Fraction on my list. Yeah. I wasn't really. This is the one thing that we had that I really felt like I didn't have the best. Gra- What's going to end up happening when we debate this is I'm just going to end up agreeing with one of your choices. <laughs> uh, with the exception of Karen Gillen, I think deserves to be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, his work on Journey into Mystery was just astonishing mm-hmm. um actually i had written fraction down too and i missed that as well okay um not that he wasn't already great but this year mm-hmm. seemed particularly good to to the fraction family yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> uh so um i guess we're, we're definitely locking in kelly sudaconic yeah mm-hmm. uh she's gonna be on the show she is definitely uh on our list of breakthrough writers um okay so 
Who else we got here? We've I got. I think we all said Curtis as well. Um, the, the three of us did. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Bob's read anything from I don't Curtis. Think so, no. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I bet. So no, no throw it in. I I can't argue against. Yeah. And I wouldn't just to. I I I do I do I agree. I mean okay. I think that he's yeah, made a pretty I, um, big mark. Grim Leaper. Um, aside from all the stuff mm-hmm. people know him for, not really too many people were talking about that. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was really really good. And that was a mini, right? Yeah, it was a four issue uh, four issue mini. Very uh, highly stylized, very touching, and it was a it was a love story about multiple death. It was just it was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was creative. Okay, yeah, and it's different. For, I think I read the first two issues. Much different tone than uh, the. Yeah. The Green Wake or the uh, Panzerfaust and the stuff. and the backups uh, inside of those issues yeah. were just teeny tiny little like love stories, quick little things. Were very uh, I use this word a lot, but they were very endearing. They were very uh, cool. So uh, yeah, I would definitely put them on the list. Okay, all right. So we got those two. We have Kelly Sudakonic and Curtis Weeb locked in. Um, so let's go. So you and Stephanie both Jeff Parkered. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bob, why don't you tell us why? Because he's been he's been around for a while, right? Yes, yeah, but he was doing smaller books like Agents of Atlas, which mm-hmm. I enjoyed those old '50s mm-hmm. characters. But um, it would have been very easy to have the Thunderbolts go right down the drain, and he just took it and brought it to somewhere else. He had two different teams going, time periods. He wrote the best Luke Cage I've read in in 30 years. Really, for instance, Claremont and then Byrne were doing the thing. It is just amazing what you can do with with rejected retread characters with the right writer at the helm dark avengers is is still it's getting better so i'm all for jeff parker and red she hulk issue 60 turned that around too there's a reason the other things happened Mm -hmm. he lays things out a little bit at a time and then there's that switch on a switch Hmm. stephanie why did you uh second bob's jeff parker um well i haven't really read a lot of his mainstream stuff that he's done this year but um Bucko, the uh, book he did with uh, Erica Mullen, mm-hmm. was one of my favorite like graphic novels that came out. So um, I think good things are going to come from him in the coming years. And I think he really made a mark in the industry for 2012 as far as um, getting a lot of variation um, or different titles out there and working on a lot of different things and just being a really big presence in the comic industry. Okay. I mean... Uh- mm. Um, I've read very little of his work, so I and I obviously have not read anything from before. So um, I'm trusting your guys' opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, from what you guys have said, I feel okay putting him on the list. I don't know about you, Steve. I agree. You agree? Okay. Okay. So we Jeff can go Parker. ahead. We can lock him in. All right. Cool. This is going much smoother than. Uh... <laughs> well, we haven't gotten to the the nitty gritty yeah. categories. We We're yet. saving our venom. We for have later. not yet. Yeah. Um. All right. Wait till there's a few more whiskeys. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly Sue is in. Um, Curtis is in and Jeff mm-hmm. Parker is in. Yep. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to eliminate for myself, James Tinian, just because I don't think he's done enough mm-hmm. yet. I think that what little he's done has been great. All the backups in Those Batman yeah. have been amazing. And I think talent has been good. So I think that he's somebody maybe in the next year who might hit this category, but I don't think he has the body of work yet to really to, to take home this, especially against the other people we have on this list who worked on series all year and who have, you know, have been putting their nose to the grindstone this whole time. Uh, it feels a little disingenuous to much like the Dexter soy thing to put him in a okay. category. Um, but Logical. I think he's great and I can't wait to see what it comes from him next. So just eliminate him. Um, so that leaves us with Matt Fraction, Joe Keating, J.H. Williams, Amanda Connor and Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm going to say I, I think we need to cut Amanda Connor. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I've loved Silk Spectre. Yeah. But she's co-plotting that book. She's not writing it herself, you know, on her own. And so, I mean, that's a step definitely, but who knows like what that book would be if she was just writing it, you know? So I don't think you can call her just from being a co-plotter to being breakthrough, you know, okay. artist. But at least you put her name out there. So yeah. I'm happy with that. I, I mean, think it's an honor just to be nominated. By us, absolutely. <laughs> she's not mentioned by us. She's not even nominated. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we'll... Are we okay with Honorable that? mentions. Are we all yeah. okay with cutting Amanda Connor? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut Amanda Connor. Um, not literally. Just, you know, no, from this list. probably not appreciate I'll that. cut you, man. I'll, I'll, cut, I'll you. cut you like you've never been cut before, man. <laughs> so that gets us down to Fraction, Keating, J.H. Williams, and Kieran Gillen. So that's four people for two spots. Right. Um, if I can make a case for Kieran Gillen yes. to you, Bobby. Do I it. Mean, you, you read Journey into Mystery. I did. You know... You know how affecting that series was, especially towards the end. Yes. The moments between Thor and Loki, mm-hmm. the deceptiveness of Loki's character, the constant back and forth, the uh, the wherewithal that it takes to map all of that out, to have all the different realms, like to know where you are in the story and who's pulling what over mm-hmm. on who, and to take a character that is was only really around for so long and to have it affect you so much when that character was kind of not a part of the story anymore um i mean i was devastated yeah me too i was really devastated mm-hmm. and i that moment has stuck with me all year mm-hmm. um so that was why i i threw him onto the list because i you know there were a couple things that had affected me like that this year but not in a in a mainline book like that mm-hmm. that was a that was a shock yeah no and i completely agree with you and you know how much i love him and how much i love that book yeah. um i think that book was great and i think that even in the shadow of an underwhelming avengers versus x men i think that the avx consequences was really really good and he wrote that as well it's much better than avx yeah and I, they brought down little conversations and it that was really the thing that I mean, even though it's in the title, gave you the real consequences to what all this huge thing that happened, you know? Um, my only reasoning that I, I, he's not even on my list is just because, and this is going for a lot of people when it comes to this, is that I don't know what his stature was before we started doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I know, he'd done in, I know he had done some indie stuff and he had worked at Marvel for a while. Um, I'm not sure of w- what the, his impact was before we started reading his stuff. Yeah, but what about the impact that he had on us? No, absolutely. And I totally agree with you on that. And yeah. I, I think he is amazing. And um, I don't want... I, I, I want to keep him in consideration. Yeah. All right? So... Maybe is that the definition of breakthrough if you don't know who he is and then you do? Because yes, of that is the, the definition, definition of breakthrough. Of work, yeah. And I think for all of us here, that's that's it pretty much goes for all yeah. of us. I, I, don't, I can't speak for Stephanie, but I don't know about her prior knowledge of of Karen Gillan. Um I do know him from a little bit before as well, but I don't think he made that big of an impact that you're saying. Mm. I think the book that you're speaking of makes an impact on the people that read it, but yeah. I don't think it's that big of a title to be considered best breakthrough. Um I I I don't disagree that he's awesome, but I don't know if comparatively to... I, I think it would be someone we'd have to put off to the side for now. Okay, we'll put it off to the side for now and we'll come okay. back. Because I, I'm i going to argue as well. Like, we have... Um, okay, let's go, let's go to Fraction. Let's go to Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. Um, been around for a while. Uh, this year he did have Defenders. 
Um, he started. He took over FF. He's got Hawkeye. Um, th- that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, in the past, he has been doing stuff, but I, I feel like in the past, and this is from even talking to Rob. You know, Fraction is one of Rob's favorite writers, but books like Immortal Iron Fist were before I mentioned about how good that book was. That book was canceled, you know, and Fraction mm-hmm. was co-writing it with Ed Brubaker for a lot of the time. So, it, what he's done this year on such big titles, it, he feels mm-hmm. right to me for this. But mm-hmm. I, I, because I I knew his name already, it, it makes it makes me feel a little bit weird about it. I just I don't know what everyone else is thinking. I, obviously, he was on your list too. He was Steve. Yeah. I I wouldn't be against it because it, it could it's sort of like a veteran actor all of a sudden gets that role mm-hmm. that wins him an Oscar that you went oh he was always pretty good but I didn't right. know he could do that mm-hmm. and maybe that's a it's good, a good way, way to frame it. break breakthrough also. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd second that or third that as the case maybe. <laughs> what do you think, Stephanie? Um, I don't know. I like Fraction. I think it has been a very good year for him, but he is someone that I've been aware of for a while. Right, but right. you were aware of Mike Allred for a while as well, you know? Um... And and Amanda Condor, you know, and people like this. So you know, I, I don't think being aware of him is enough. I I think that if you think he took a significant step, like that's an that's that's really the, the yeah, question. I guess he's in more of a demand than he was before, but I feel like he's going to come back to best artist or best writer, like period kind of thing, as opposed to breakthrough. Right, but um, I feel I like you have a couple people to, there, kind yeah, of but not include just him because on this list, but you can be rookie of the year, most valuable player. You could yeah, be in no, both I'm categories. Not that's, yeah. You know, again, that's not a reason to exclude him, but who else do we have again? Well, we have him. We have Joe Keating, J.H. Williams, and Karen Gillan are the people we have left. Um, All right. Then I will give my nomination to Fraction. Okay. Okay. So Does that puts us up to three. For- that's a four. That's up to four. Four? Yeah. Okay. We've got Kelly Sue. Curtis Weeb, Jeff Parker, and now Matt Fraction. Um, Hope they won't fight over the breakfast table. So, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us down to uh, Joe Keating, J.H. Williams, and Karen Gillen. Hmm. Um, it, for me, personally, um, only because of the, the nature of the category, for me, J.H. Williams is the, the pick for me because he went from being an artist to being a writer and I think made, you know, one of, it's not, probably not in my top 10 of the year, but I think it's still one of the best books of the year. I think Batwoman has been fantastic. So to go from not a writer to being a great writer, it, I mean. Yeah, and for having followed a great writer too. Yeah, in, 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 to, in Rucka, yeah. So, I mean, that's my personal vote. Okay. Um, it would be mine. So, but I know you want to vote for Gillen. I I do, but I mean, I'll I'll no. Let's hold on to it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it because we're 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 gonna have a, we're gonna have this yeah. conversation. And Stephanie, I, you know, you brought up Joe Keating, so uh, make your case. Um, I just think that he did a really good job this year with uh, Glory, and then with uh, Hell Yeah as well, which I think did uh, pretty good as far as independent comics go and in the image world. And then um, the one shot of uh, Amazing Spider Man. Six ninety nine point one really just good. came out mm-hmm. and was pretty awesome and is leading into the Morbius series and um, that was yeah. also co written with Dan Slott 
Yeah. Though. And my only my, my thing about this is my only problem with Curtis, not Curtis, uh, with Joe bringing him up is I'm bringing up something you said about Karen Gillan, which was the book you did had a great effect on people who read it, but you said it's not a very big book. You know, the books that Joe Keating worked on are even smaller than mm-hmm. the book that Karen Gillan is working on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, in the in the sense that Joe Keating is a new writer who I think did a lot of good work this year. He does. That's a description for him. But if he, I, if, I don't know how big a breakthrough he is yet. We haven't gotten to read Morbius yet. We don't know what it's going to be. You know, that really might be his breakthrough. You know, his his break into the big time when he tackles this kind of <clears throat> big character adjacent series. Yeah. Um, you know, he was supposed to do the Thanos series and that fell through. So you know, there's a lot coming for him. I just don't know if Hell Yeah and his work on Glory. Um, are are enough to make him a uh, you know a breakthrough? I just don't know if I. I mean, that's fine. Your guys are that's fine. But I I don't know if I could give my vote to any of the other ones. I don't know if I really see them as breakthrough writers for this year. Okay, well then we have to come up with another nominee because if we don't, we only have you know those two to choose from. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, the ones we eliminated were we we eliminated Amanda Connor. Um, I eliminated James Tinian because of the fact that he hasn't done that much work mm-hmm. yet. Um, I mean, the only other person uh, that Steve brought up that he kind of dismissed himself would be Lemire, you know, um, who's nah, been doing a lot of work, but this year kind of blew up. I'm just, I, when I was at the Vertigo panel and, and he came out, people like, he's now one of those people that people are clamoring to get mm-hmm. photos autographs people love him mm-hmm. he actually really... oh sorry sorry i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead no i just uh, sweet tooth uh his work on uh justice league dark and uh, he's always been like that though like as far as people coming to shows to see him like for at least the last uh, 2011 as well i'd consider 2011 to be his breakthrough year but were, pe- were people always as excited with each new thing that he was attached to like was it there that much of like a fever for it Yes. I mean, I okay. will say this. I, the only thing I'll say this is that 2011 was the year he got onto Animal Man and kind of started making his more mainstream breakthrough. But that's the end of 2011. That's the only reason, mm-hmm. you know. I'm, I want to throw another name into the pot. Okay, go ahead. Sean, Sean Murphy. Oh, Sean Murphy's Ooh. a good one. Sean Murphy's a good one. Punk Rock Jesus. Um, Sean Murphy's a good one. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I think Punk Rock Jesus was one of the biggest... Um, independent books of the year like as far as critical claim and just uh hmm. being really picked up and just like whoa this is great and i i would throw in an argument for him i would i would go i would go for that only because i know that jh will i think i kieran go and i think at this point is probably thrown out the window um but JH, I think, is going to be nominated a lot throughout this process. Well, JH is already on the. Oh no, we didn't. That's no. right. That's right. We didn't do JH yet. Sorry. Go well, I know he's on my list yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So if he doesn't get this category, he'll get another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also people like Matt Kent, who did yeah. mind management and is do and took over on Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Um, I know you guys are all reading Mind the Gap, Jim McCann. I'm not reading Mind the Gap. I so, am. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't know if I'd consider him breakout though. If it's enough, it's the same sort of thing with like uh, 
Keating and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just but then if we're gonna go that tactic, it's so would punk rock Jesus. It's true. It's, it, its yeah. impact is on who reads it, and not. Yeah, how, I think how it made a mainstream. pretty big impact. Like, I mean, as far I think, um, as far as independent comics go, I don't think it was one of the smaller titles. Like, um, I think a lot of people picked it up, and he's it got did a major really well. following online. He has a huge following. But yeah. the only thing I would think too is that it's great. But again, a lot like, um, even so much the impact. Also, the he's had five issues of the book. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So it's a little tough for me to, you know, giving that, putting that thing on our nominations, Punk Rock Jesus, which we'll, I'm sure we're going to talk about as we get to those nominations, I think is fine. But he's done five issues or six issues of a book. Mm-hmm. That's the Dexter Soy argument. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he can be in a breakout, you right. know, okay. because of six issues. Um, so you definitely, you do not agree with J.H. Williams, Stephanie. I don't. Sorry to be difficult. No, it's um, what this is about. We get, we all have to be comfortable with the nominees. Um, what about? Oh, hang on one second. Um, I mean, why? Why do you not like Batwoman, Stephanie? No, I love Batwoman. I just don't think that, it's in terms of writing, that J.H. Williams was a breakout writer for 2012. Okay. Um, but, but switching why, from why? from artist yeah, be, to writer, I mean, yeah. that's pretty significant. I don't know. I don't know, guys. But I, I, but you have to give us a reason. You can't, I don't know isn't a reason. I just, I mean, I, I like Batwoman, but it's the same argument. I mean, Batwoman's been read by a lot of people, sure, but, um, I mean, it's the same argument, right? It doesn't, I, I mean, I feel like that doesn't really make him... What else has he written? Anything else other than Batwoman? Well, no, but that's it's, his ongoing series. Right. It's not, you know, and it's no, the, but it's, it's the, the same leap. argument though no, than the, as the other people that they haven't done a lot. No, his leap here is from just drawing mm-hmm. to now writing and drawing and maintaining the quality of a book that everyone had already loved and writing an incredible book yeah. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Hit yeah, the but he's running. also been in the industry a long time as an yeah, artist, not, not as a writer, as an artist though, and. It, yeah, but the, you the argument pick up on a lot of stuff like when you work with. Um, yeah, but that doesn't I, I matter. It's like, not. No, it's it, seventy. But him learning along the way isn't a detriment to him. Jack no, Kirby was a terrible writer. No, I don't think it is either. I'm not saying, but for him to, I, I, I just don't feel like it's a breakthrough. I mean, to to me, the fact that he is a great writer it, it is a breakthrough to me. You know, I, I mean, here's the thing: I'm willing to not put J.H. Williams on this list if we have somebody better, you know? But I don't see how Joe Keating fits better than J.H. Williams, you know? I'm not saying, I'm not making a case for No, but I'm just saying for the, person. I'm for just the nominees saying that, that we I have. I see him as, you know, the person to, I don't know, the final person on our list. That's all. Okay, well, I mean, but then we, we've got to come up with somebody else because we can't not have somebody else. I mean... You know, the, the 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 other people I can think of haven't done enough. You know, like like Katie Cook who did um well she did the, the webcomic Gronk and she did My Little Pony, I think is she's a great writer, but there hasn't been enough there to kind of jump um, on that bandwagon. What about, uh, Dan Abnett? But Dan Abnett Dan has been big for a, a long time. And what did he do this year that I guess Dead Wardians, but um it's it's not like it's not big enough. I mean, he was doing Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's been, you know, uh, you know, at the same level. I feel a popularity for a very mm-hmm. long time. Um, you know, there's other people like I mean, there's like um, Jason Aaron. 
you know, who's been around for a while, but I feel like this year has, you know, taken the next step up writing those X books and, you know, taking over on, uh, on some books that he wouldn't have been on before. Um, but again, these people don't strike me as like, you know, out of the blue, you know, people. I mean, the thing about Gillen, we'll go back to him, during to Mystery, also writing on Canny X-Men all year. So those are two, that's a very big book uh, for Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, here's the thing. This is the fifth nominee. I don't think whoever we pick here is not going to win. <laughs> you know, obviously we're, we're reaching to pick one, but we have to have a fifth nominee, you know, and like... I- I I can't we can't sit here and spend 10 minutes. I think if we have if I could put something in here. Yes. If we have 3 people for yes and only one for no uh and we're going to be kind of modifying this as the weeks go by when we've all had a chance to read stuff and catch up and stuff like that that J.H. Williams should just be included on the lists for the sake of having someone on the list and moving on, and we could always modify it later. Well, no, once we no, lock it in, it's locked yeah. in. We're not, oh, we're not, we're not right, changing well, after this. I'm I'm still for him. I mean, mm. if it's going to get us to the other categories. And you guys want to do that, but I really, I'm, I don't think he's a breakthrough. Right well, there. the thing is, Stephanie, I, I would absolutely be on board with you, but you have to give me somebody else. To, to I know, p- I've tried to put a few more out there, but... To, to put on to put on over would consider Sean Murphy to be a bigger like I still think he would be a better choice than JH but but do you think I more mean, people have read Punk Rock Jesus than have read Batwoman I think that JH Williams is a lot more well known and has been a lot more well known for the last couple of years for being and, an I mean, artist I get that though. it's like a writer thing but ah I yeah, don't for know being an artist you know that's the thing it's not about his art that's the reason he's not on the breakthrough artist category because yes he's been known for his art for a very long time but until he wrote Batwoman, he had never been a writer, you know, and so th- that's the reason why. And I understand he's been known for a really long time, but so is we. We have other people on these lists: Amanda Connor, Mike Allred. These people have been known for a long time, and they're on our lists because they stepped up their game. Well, lock it in if you want, but I feel like this is a time for like, this is sort of like the new people in the industry. But that so, Stephanie, you're the one who brought up Mike Allred. How is that a new person in the industry? He's a new person to Marvel and such, though. Like, no, he worked me. on X. What X Factor? X Force? Yeah, uh, with no. Dupe. Yeah, yeah, and the Ecstatics. Yeah, ecstatics. He's worked for Marvel yeah. before. Yes, but on a big like level. Like this is one of their biggest books. I don't know. Whatever. Lock it in if you guys want. But okay, we're, lo- we're locking it in. <laughs> um. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, call the show for for these categories, and then next show we'll keep we'll take up best cover. Um, and we'll do a couple other categories as well. So um, that is it for this week on Talking Comics. For Steve, bye, Bob, adios, and Stephanie. Bye bye. I've been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.